my stories. Written by my dad. It's my dad too! <laughs> we have our allowance now. Downhill Racer. There were car parts hanging in the window of the rundown old building, and tires stacked out front. Annie's dad said he'd only be a minute as he went in the storefront. Behind the building, a fence with barbed wire circled acres of busted automobiles piled high. Only a minute. We've heard that before. Nellie muttered. Annie nodded her head in agreement. She knew not to believe her dad. He'd take forever if he started talking grease monkey stuff. Annie was pretty sure there was a law against leaving kids in the car. But she wasn't going to tell on her dad, and way out here on this winding country road, nobody was going to complain. It was a long way down a big hill back to the traffic on Route 1. Besides, she never felt alone as long as she was with Nellie. If there was a law against leaving kids in the car, her dad probably didn't know about it anyway. He didn't really keep up on those things. Her mom would know, of course. And even if she didn't, she was smart enough to recognize when something was a bad idea. Her dad struggled with that. He didn't really care for being told what to do, either. He had an outlaw vibe that Annie liked. Her mom was less of a fan. She was sitting in the back seat in her booster. Her seatbelt was still on, and she was staring up at the dashboard. If it was up to either of them, her dad or herself, or Nellie for that matter, she would have been allowed to sit up front when they were out cruising. That was a term she'd only ever heard her dad use. He said it all the time. His Dodge Charger was made for cruising. He was still in the middle of restoring her, so the paint and the bodywork looked terrible. The seats were torn and held together with duct tape. But he'd gotten her running. That was the important thing. As he got a little more money, he'd fix the rest. Nellie appreciated the effort, even when she got bored waiting for parts. You don't have to stay back there, Nellie said. Come on up here and keep me company. Annie undid her seatbelt and climbed over the top. Even for a kid, it was a tight space going over the bench seat. She rolled down into the driver's spot, happier already. Does it bother you being here and seeing all those other cars? Annie asked, nodding towards the junkyard. Maybe a little. That's pretty much where every other car ends up, so it's always kind of there waiting for you. Kind of like the grave for us, Annie pointed out. Aren't you a little ray of sunshine? Annie shrugged her shoulders and touched the dashboard. It was long and stylish with fancy silver buttons. Her hand came down to the steering wheel, which was wide and spindly looking. It was hard to believe something so thin could control this much American muscle car. I don't think my dad would ever let you end up in a place like this, Annie assured her. I hope not, but you never know. Things happen. She was a 68 Charger, a car that was 20 years older than Annie's dad. He loved her, though, not just because he was a gearhead grease monkey race car driver, but also because of a show he used to watch in reruns. It was about two brothers in the South. Nellie didn't want to point out how many cars, like herself, ended up in junkyards like this when the show was done with them. Hollywood was tough on cars. That's why she never wanted to be a star. Better to grow old gracefully. Nellie didn't have to worry about being raced either. That part of Annie's dad's life was pretty much over since he crashed at the speed. That car, his Pontiac, was waiting to get fixed. It was sitting on a trailer in his backyard, not running at all. Annie felt bad for her dad, knowing how much he loved racing. But keeping a stock car was expensive, and her dad only made so much as a mechanic. So most of his racing was with Annie, playing Need for Speed or some other game on their computer. He'd rigged it up with a steering wheel and pedals. Surprisingly, Annie won a lot. She had the knack, her dad said, but only when he was in a good mood. He'd say it was just a dumb game when he was in a bad mood. That was the nice thing about a day like today. As long as Nellie was running, her dad would be upbeat and happy. 
The loud grumbling of her V8 was like music for his soul. He didn't love the name Annie had given the car, even though, in a way, he'd been the first one to say it. The first time he'd laid a patch in front of their house, her dad had yelled, Whoa, Nellie! It was something else he'd heard on a TV show. From then on, that was what Annie called the car, and Nellie seemed to like it. Annie had one hand on the wheel, and she let the other drift down to the gear shift. Nellie had a four-speed manual transmission with a hearse knob connected to a long bar that disappeared into a piece of rubber in the floor. It felt comfortable in her hand. He took the keys, otherwise we could at least listen to the radio, Nellie said. It's probably all commercials anyway. Besides, that's smart enough to know that if I had the keys, I'd take you for a test drive, Annie joked. Do you want to pretend like I'm a spaceship or something, then? Nellie asked. Why? Annie wondered. I don't know. It seems like something a kid would want to do. My first owner had two boys. They'd call themselves Spock and Kirk, and then they'd press my buttons and say all sorts of crazy space stuff. I thought it was cool. Oh, Nellie, you're cool enough as you are. You don't need to be a spaceship for me. Annie was scooted down in the seat. Her hand was tight on the wheel and riveted to the shifter. She was imagining driving way too fast into a turn, gripping the road, downshifting to make the curve. She imagined Nellie's weight pulling her, G-forces tugging her into the turn. What a thrill! She stretched her foot out till she found the gas pedal. She pressed on it. Of course, nothing happened. She had to pretend she heard the roar of the engine. In her mind, she was thinking that gunning the motor was fun, but it wasn't her favorite part. She looked at the hand on the gear shift. She remembered games at the arcade that had a similar handle. She and her dad didn't go there often, but when it was raining and they had one of their days together, they'd play the racing games. Well, racing games and skee-ball, that is. It was the best place for earning tickets. Anyway, the race games in the arcade were better than the computer her dad had home, because you could practice shifting. That's where you really get a feel for a car, her dad said. Annie remembered him explaining how it worked. He'd gone so far as to show her the transmission under the car when they left the arcade. Every time you press the clutch in, you're taking power from the engine to the gearbox, so you can change gears without destroying them. That's why when you're racing, you gotta put it down hard, then come back slow, he said. Why would you want to take power from the engine? She asked. If you're racing, shouldn't you be trying to keep your power? It's just for a second. Switching gears is a skill a driver really has to have. He let her sit in Nellie after that, in the garage. She tried the clutch, pressing it in with the engine off. She had to push the third pedal, the one next to the brake, before it moved. That's the clutch, he said. When she pressed it down, she could move the gear shift into different positions. It was fun. She was trying to move the shifter now, but it was locked, stuck in first gear. Her foot wandered over. It brushed the brake, then came to the third pedal. It was right next to the emergency brake, which her father hadn't bothered to set. Parking this way is a bad idea, almost as bad as leaving your kid in the car. Annie's foot touched the clutch, pressing it down. Her hand was still on the gear shift. She pulled it back out of first, sliding it into neutral. Ordinarily, neutral is a good word. If you're in an argument and you say you're neutral, it means you don't have a side and you're not particularly interested in arguing. Neutral in a car doesn't mean that. It means the engine isn't engaged and everything is kind of loose to do whatever it wants, including the tires. So her father had used first gear to park, but there was another element at work, and that was gravity. Nellie was parked at the end of a long hill. True, the lot for the junkyard was only slightly slanted, but that was all it took. See, gravity is always pulling, whether you're falling from a plane or slipping in the bathtub. It's the unseen force constantly attracting you to the earth. Even when you're at the top of a hill, All it wants to do is bring you down. 
And now, because Annie stepped on the pedal, the tires were loose to do whatever they wanted. Annie didn't notice gravity's pull, like she didn't notice Nellie moving, not till they were a few feet from the building. She glanced over the dashboard at a stack of tires that appeared to be slightly further away. Hmm, that's odd, she thought. Then she looked at the woods and noticed how the trees appeared to be moving. Of course, the trees were perfectly still. Did you want to go somewhere? Nellie asked. Um, no. Annie answered. Nellie felt her tires turning. We might have a problem then. What's that? Annie got up on her knees to see better. Apparently, we're in the middle of leaving. What? Why? I assumed you'd know, Nellie said. She may have been a talking car, but that didn't mean she knew everything about herself. It might seem strange, but think about it. Do you know why you fall asleep or why you dream? Probably not. Sure, you know you need to rest, but you'd have to be a neurobiologist to know all the chemicals that are required to get you there. Even trained scientists don't know why we dream. To expect a car to understand why its wheels are turning when they shouldn't be would be like expecting a person to understand a dream where they fell into an ice cream container and landed in the middle of a motorcycle race, all while arguing with a giraffe over the weather. It simply didn't make sense. Of course, Nellie would have considered the problem further, her moving, not the dream. But that was the moment they reached the edge of the parking lot, which was at the brink of a long hill. Annie felt Nellie roll back, slipping off the gravel and onto the pavement, dropping over the bump that marked where the road began. There was no doubt they were moving now. She stood on the seat and looked back at the trees on the other side of the road. They were coming towards her at an alarming pace. No, no, no! Annie called as she reached for the wheel. She cranked down on it with all her strength, cutting it hard. The tires and the wheels fought her. Neither wanted to be turned. But Annie wasn't going to give up and let Nellie crash. She used her whole body, and grudgingly, things began to move. Nellie's back end skirted the edge of the road as Annie kept pushing the wheels, swinging them back into the middle, right onto the yellow line. Gravity wasn't finished, though. The country road rolled out behind her, sloping down like the drop on a roller coaster, and Annie and Nellie were going faster and faster down it backwards. There were some positives. This may have been Annie's first time driving an actual car, and she may have been forced to do it in reverse, but she was really good at it. From Nellie's point of view, if you're going to go racing down a hill the wrong way, then she was lucky to have a kid like Annie staring. Annie's dad told her she was a natural, and it was true. Somehow, she knew to cut the wheel the opposite way, going around turns and twists in the road. Years of watching her dad park cars in the garage, backing them in, had created an instinct. Too bad she didn't watch his foot. Otherwise, her instinct may have been to touch the brake. Annie sat on her knees so she could look over the seat. She still had to use her whole body to turn the wheel. But it was a little easier. Wheels in motion are easier to turn. Up the hill, in front of the junkyard, in the little store, her father just happened to look out the window. The parking lot seemed perfectly normal at first. It wasn't like it had suddenly become an alien planet, but he sensed something was wrong. It took a moment to realize what was missing. He ran out the front door in time to see his car leaving. It was about halfway down the road on its way back to the Route 1. The man that ran the junkyard came out too. He didn't often do this, preferring his little shop to sunshine. But when he saw the concern on Annie's dad's face, his curiosity was sparked. He stepped outside before he had the forethought to look down the road and asked, Where's that car of yours? Annie's dad didn't speak. He only pointed. Then he started running. He wasn't going anywhere near as fast as Annie and Nellie, though. I should take a break here and explain a little about Route 1, since that's where Annie and Nellie were heading. At one time, it had been the main route to the beaches of South County. It was a two-lane road but it still remained busy, especially in the summertime. And yes, this was a day in July, a Saturday, 
the sun was shining, and there were plenty of cars that had no idea a 68 Charger was barreling towards them. This is kind of fun, and you're doing so well, Nellie said. Thanks. Annie was surprisingly calm. She saw the car in the distance, but she couldn't worry about them yet. She was too focused on making each turn. I can't believe how fast I'm going, and I'm not even using any gas. I'm practically eco-friendly, Nellie said. You should drive everywhere downhill, Annie suggested. Route 1 was coming closer and closer. Annie knew she needed a plan, and yes, in the time that all this was happening, she did remember that cars came with brakes, and that pressing Nellie's was an option. The problem was that she needed to turn around and get her foot down on the pedal. Turning was tricky, since Nellie couldn't drive herself, and this road had enough curves that Annie's attention really had to be behind her. She stretched one leg out, tried reaching for the pedal, but the only thing her foot found was empty space. She could hear the wind coming through the window, and she was now close enough to where she could hear the traffic behind her. Soon she'd be hearing car horns. Now or never, Annie said, feeling the first little bit of nervousness. What's that? Nellie asked. Annie was too busy to answer, holding the wheel as straight as possible. She turned her whole body, ducking under the steering wheel and throwing herself at the brake. What happened next was both violent and unpleasant. Annie whacked her head, but it was Nellie who yelled, Ow! She felt her brakes suddenly applied. She skidded across the road, going into one of those turns, and kept moving, falling off the pavement and down into some grass. Bushes were torn up as her tires tore through them. When Nellie finally stopped moving, Annie let out a long breath. She'd been holding it through the whole skid. Eventually, she had to let it go, because as I'm sure you're aware, breathing is important. She wouldn't release her grip on the wheel or the brake, though. Not till her dad reached her. In the meantime, while she waited, Nellie said to her, Wow, kid, that was impressive and way more fun than playing spaceship. Annie felt exhausted. Yeah. She said, Let's never do it again, Nellie suggested. Her dad opened the driver's door and looked in. Some fathers may have yelled, but Annie's dad was so relieved to see her safe that all he could do was smile. Wow, kid, that was some driving. He echoed Nellie as he leaned down and pressed the emergency brake. He picked Annie up and hugged her tight. Were you scared? He asked. Annie said. He touched the bump on her head. It was already starting to swell. We're going to have to tell your mom about this. Annie looked at him, wondering if he were serious. Finally, she rolled her eyes and looked back at the car. Well, I guess this can't scare me. Nellie called from behind. Don't worry, kid. You've got years of scaring your parents ahead of you. Annie heard her and smiled. Her dad, who had trouble understanding Nellie, smiled back at his daughter. If he could have heard what his charger had said, he probably would have been less happy. 